This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is your Sunday 88 film slasher classic series of reviews. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On this episode we turn our attention to disc number 25 in the collection. This is The Return to Horror High. The review of that movie will be coming up after the first break. Before we get to that as always, on these episodes, we'll to take a bit of time here to catch up with what is happening under the stairs. This is your final episode of the week and what a long, exhausting week it has been. If you are in the UK, I imagine some huge changes have happened this week. Um, or it's business as usual, but the business as usual that you're in is probably a lot busier, a lot more manic, with a lot more dependencies than it was this time last week. If you're in the States, fuck knows what's happening over there. Um, The news that comes out is bizarre, it's weird, it's ever-changing. And um, yeah, the world seems like less of a certain place than it was the last time we did one of these slasher classic reviews. The podcast under the stairs, and I stress this, will continue its four-episode output and hopefully put a smile on your face and entertain you and kill a couple of those hours each week for you. Um... That's my goal. Hopefully I can achieve that. Hopefully it gets you through and hopefully I can at least illuminate, put a little bit of a bright spot into your week. That is always the goal here under the stairs. Now, coming up this week, it's another four episode week. We're kicking off tomorrow with a review of Old Boy, the Chanwick Park second instalment of the Vengeance trilogy. I'll be joined by Liam Rafferty again joining me as we work through that trilogy. So that review will be out tomorrow. On Thursday it's Movie Club. Now I've received very little in the way of reviews for Movie Club and to be honest I don't expect much now with the way the world is and the way people are being tested. The last thing you want to do is watch a movie and write a review. So I'm kind of writing this one off. We're still going to do the show but if only I have two reviews only have two reviews. Uh, the review, of course, needs to, if you do want to take part though, it has to be in for Wednesday and it's in for To a Devil a Daughter. So yeah, that's that's our Hammer review and that's going to be Thursday. On Saturday, we will be reviewing the new Blumhouse horror action movie, The Hunt. And then on Sunday, it's the Arrow video assortment. Now, as of just now, a new episode of Opera Omnia has dropped. Um, myself and Mr. Watson continuing our look at the Ben Wheatley filmography, this time episode number three, looking at movie number three, which is Sightseer. So that's available on the Teapots Collective feed. Go across, check it out, and of course, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the content over there. This coming Friday, you're going to get the next instalment of Doing the Nasty, myself and Martin Ball 
working our way through that tier 3 list of the video nasties, this time doing Mark of the Devil and The Hills Have Eyes. So that one will drop this coming Friday. Okay, let's get into it. I'm going to take a short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for disc number 25 of the Slasher Classic Collection. This is Return to Horror High, coming right up, right after this. You're travelling through another dimension. A dimension of not only film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break! series of brutal, savage murders. The homicidal maniac who committed the crimes was never captured. Now he's about to return. Killer to the left! Killer to the right! Stand up! Set down! Right, right, right! Return to Horror High. Welcome back. So you just heard the trailer for disc number 25 in the Slasher Classic Collection. This is Return to Horror High. On the 88 Films website it says thus. A young George Clooney is among the cast being stalked and slaughtered in this 80s slasher classic Return to Horror High. Before Wes Craven's scream defined the style of the postmodern horror movie, Return to Horror High was offering its own tongue-in-cheek nods to the tropes and tribulations of the contemporary hack-em-up flick by having a group of fright film makers hunted and harassed by a mysterious marauder in a deserted educational establishment. Yes, this is not the return to teenage thrills and spills that the cast and crew were hoping for when they decided to shoot in Horror High. So called because, in the past, it had been the site of a bloodbath killing spree. Now, years later, the frights and fun are about to come thick and fast as a serial slaughterer makes his unexpected 
return. One of the most innovative of all the 80s slice and dicers, Return to Horror High makes its worldwide HD debut in this garish and gory new 88 films release. The special features are a new HD widescreen transfer from the original negative. The original stereo soundtrack, newly created English subtitles, a brand new exclusive audio commentary with Bill Frohickey, Greg Sims and Roy Wagner, class dismissed, brand new featurette with Laurie Lethen, the theatrical trailer, Stills Gallery and Reversible Sleeve featuring the original poster art. The technical specs are as region locked to region B, which is the UK, Europe etc. Picture format is HD 1080p 185.1. Audio format is LPCM Stereo, language is English, subtitles English, certification 18 and the runtime is just over an hour and a half. So I'd never heard of this one before really properly and never seen it either, obviously because I'd never heard of it before. Um, and to be honest I get a bit eye-rolly when I hear things like, before Scream there was this movie also doing things that Scream did and this whole idea of you know, Wes Craven being the first guy to really use meta and let's find other examples of people that are doing meta horror before. Meta horrors existed for a long fucking time. Even if you go back as far as something like Abbott and Costello, um, their kind of interactions with universal monsters play off the tropes of universal monsters. So, I mean, it's been with us for a long time. The reason Scream is so important is it took a tired and dead genre and breathed life back into it. This is kind of parodying, in a lot of respects, something that was relevant and, pre and prevalent at the time that the movie was made. So, maybe less of the, the kind of meta side of things and more a bit of a tongue-in-cheek kind of look at what everyone else is doing and we're kind of doing something similar. So I went in with a bit of trepidation and to be honest for the most part it's actually quite a fun enjoyable movie. I mean it's goofy over the top and there is a sense of humour. The filmmakers clearly know there's a sense of humour here that needs to be injected in the movie. The acting's not particularly great but it's not bad either and uh, this is a new line cinema out as well so at least it's it's heralded by a good studio and there are certainly faces out with George Clooney who clearly they're putting at the top here because he became a multi-millionaire superstar um, but there are other faces in here that you will have seen in various bits and bobs if you pay attention to genre cinema from these that's just that's just a given the movie itself doesn't have the best effects However, the movie effects within the movie are actually done quite fun and I enjoyed them for the most part. My kind of main issue with this movie is that once you get a good footing into what the movie's putting forward, the story, etc., it doesn't really stray much further from that and it becomes an exercise in repetition, which, I mean, I can live with to an extent, but because it keeps... Right, this guy did this thing, so he's going to die in an ironic way to what he did. Or oh, this teacher made someone try and dissect something when he was feeling vulnerable, so he'll be dissected on a table. It's that sort of, it's that sort of kind of turn and turn about that ultimately got a bit boring for me. And I mean, there's plenty. I mean, it's shot very well. The score's fun and goofy and quirky at times, and even the mask of the killer at points is kind of fun. Um, it reminded me more of the like the stoned ghost face from a scary movie than anything else. And 
all those elements together make it quite an enjoyable movie. But like I say, after the halfway mark, I already knew the cadence and rhythm of the movie and where it should maybe step up to the next gear or try and do something different. It never really did it. It kind of stuck in this kind of comfortable groove which just meandered right through the rest of the time that it was on screen. That being said though, the humour is such that it does pull it through. So I'm in a bit of a quandary with this one because it's a bit paint by numbers at times, but it's supposed to be paint by numbers. It's kind of highlighting the fact that slasher movies are very formulaic and very paint by numbers. So it's kind of doing what it needs to do in that capacity and doing it kind of well. So there we go, right? So there's that aspect on the other side. There's the aspect of, well, whilst you're getting all that, um, we're also being kind of cute, clever and funny with it. So it's entertaining, so you're getting that entertaining value as well, which carries it through. The acting isn't great, but it knows that it's not great, or if the actors are better than what they're portraying, they're dumbing it down or slumming it a little bit to portray the kind of stereotypes you expect in this sort of movie. So there's that aspect. On the flip side though, um, as slashers go, yeah, there's some, there's plenty of kills in it, but none of them are overly interesting. Some of them are kind of pedestrian, and I really feel that there could have been a bigger injection of humour in there. Now, silhouettes of heads being chopped off and flying in the air aside, um, the, the, you know, there are bits that are humorous and they fill into that, but ultimately the movie doesn't really get out of like second gear and it's quite happy to maintain that to the end but as an audience member expecting something with a bit of boom and a bit of bang it never really delivered that so it's a weird one to come down when it comes to overall judgment on it or overall grade because a lot of what I would class as a negative against it I think is a deliberate stylistic choice to fit in with this parody of what we would expect from a slasher movie which is fine in its own right, but does that make it an interesting movie? My opinion, not really. What it, what ultimately ends up being is a perfectly entertaining, albeit extremely average sort of movie. George Clooney is in this movie for a blink and you'll miss him, so I know why they're using him as the, the, the name at the top here, and it is funny seeing him with a kind of almost mullet, not quite mullet, at the start of the movie, but his character disappears as dispatched pretty quick into the shoot, so we don't really have to like carry that through. So, you know, I, once again, I can't blame them for saying, you know, like, like George Clooney's in this movie. If George Clooney had went off after this movie and done fuck all, his name would not be at the top here. It would have been one of the other um, colleagues who clearly do more work and actor socks off in parts in this movie and I kind of sometimes feel that we're, we're kind of unfairly treated um, as as kind of genre fans to these, well these are the big named actors who come through and do these shitty movies at the beginning of their career but we will we'll use it to sell it and I understand they've got to make a buck and I understand uh, 88 films have got to make some money back and it kind of makes sense that that's what they'll lean into but uh, you know the cynical part of me just feels like go and give some cred to the, the people behind it. Like I say, special effects are okay, soundtrack is kind of fun, cinematography is actually really well done and you can see there's a bit of a budget behind it so that works to its credit. 
overall, Return of Horror High is not a, a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination compared to some of the movies we have had to watch as part of this collection. It's not a great one either, so it's not the high watermarks of what we've seen before, but it's certainly nowhere near the bottom either. I imagine this is the sort of movie that people could throw on in the background and have a ton of fun with, with friends, without paying too much attention, you occasionally check over, you see a kill, that's enough to keep you going, back to chat with your friends, eat your popcorn, or your burgers or your hot dogs, or whatever you're doing when you've got friends around, and kind of... Kind of have one eye on the screen, but most of your concentration is on what you're chatting with with your friends. And that's fine. Once again, there's a time and a place for movies like this, and this movie certainly fulfills that brief. When it comes to scoring it overall, I am uh, kind of between a 3 and a 3.5. I think realistically it's a 3. I did like it, and I think that's fair. I think that, you know, I'm, I, anything above that is disingenuous, and me almost kind of feeling like I kind of have to give it a bit more because I've given other movies that maybe I liked a little bit less about the same grade. But, like I said, had it, had it kind of raised the stakes maybe later on in the movie or maybe shifted into a new gear or at least tried something experimental and out the way, it certainly would have got a, a better grade from me for sure because it does do quite a lot well. It's just a very pondering, kind of safe sort of movie. And, like I say, time and a place for that for sure. So there we go, a 3 out of 5 for The Return to Horror High. I wish I had more to say about it, but there really isn't a lot of substance in this movie. It's kind of, it's the kind of nourishment equivalent of a giant marshmallow. Yes, at the end of it you feel like you have consumed quite a lot, but ultimately it's just fluff. Uh, it'll dissolve pretty quickly and then you're left craving something more. Right, I'm going to take my final break of this episode. When I come back, I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been your Sunday 88 film slasher classic series of reviews looking at disc number 25, Return to Horror High. We will continue our look at this series in three weeks' time as we look at disc number 26. This is Hide and Go Shriek. According to the 88 Films website, it says, Close your eyes, count to ten and run for your life. Hide and go shriek is one game you'll be dying to finish. Eight friends sneak into a furniture store for an all-night graduation party. A game of hide and seek turns into a grisly nightmare as members of the group are murdered one by one, leading to the others to the chilling realisation that they could be next. In this terrifying tradition of Friday the 13th and Halloween comes Hide and Go Shriek, a horrifying game of life and death. The special features on this disc are a restored 2K scan of the original Interneg, um, newly created optional English subtitles, remastered trailer deleted scenes, a reversible sleeve featuring logo-less artwork, and the technical specs are region locked to region B, picture format 1781, audio format LPCM stereo, language is English, certification 18, and the runtime is an hour and a half. There doesn't appear to be much in the way of one information on the website or two special features, which makes me think that I should not hold my breath for a, a, a fulfilling 
or satisfying viewing. Uh, I get a feeling this one is a cheap and nasty, let's just churn this one out sort of movie. And we will see if I am wrong in three weeks' time. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs as always. I say come across and check us out on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the feed, leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to support us on that platform. You can also check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Flick, um, God knows what else, uh, Beaker, everywhere. Just make sure that whatever you're listening to the show on, you hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss any of the output from under the stairs. While you are subscribing to podcasts, why not subscribe to the Teapots Collective? Every week we put out an additional show of content from one of a various series of different shows that we are doing over there, whether it's doing the nasty, looking at the video nasty tier 3 list, um, Opera Omnia, looking at Ben Wheatley's filmography in season 1, Chronicle, which comes back in April, looking at British folk horror, or maybe Where to Begin With, which is currently looking in season one at Jallo Cinema. Plenty to keep you occupied over on the Teapots Collective, so make sure you subscribe to that feed. You can visit our website by going to teapotscast.com and if you want to throw some pennies at us and buy a poster or a pin, both are limited in availability now, you can do that by going to teapotscast.bigcartel.com. Visit us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast or visit the Teapots Collective Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash teapotscast. You can interact with myself and the Baz in the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter, both can be followed at teapotscast. And check us out on that Flick Chat app. Flick Chat is free and available for Android and iOS users as a message board style way of interacting from a podcast host to a listener. Our join code is TPOTSCAST. The podcast under the stairs will return tomorrow to your feeds, bringing you a little review of Old Boy with a guest, Liam Rafferty from Scotland, Liam vs. Evil, as part of our ongoing look at the Revenge Trilogy. But until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is, and what have you up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off. <laughs>